Hello, dreamers. Welcome back to the show. If this is your first time watching or listening, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at livingthedream506. Share it. Tell your friends about it. All that good stuff. Everything helps. So thanks, at the very least, for just being here. All right. Today's episode was an amazing experience for me because I got to hang out with three of my favorite musicians from three of my favorite bands ever. First, we have Jeff Coffin, who you may know from the Dave Matthews Band, as well as Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. Then we have Jennifer Hartswick from the Trey Anastasio Band. And last but not least, we have Chris Myers from Umphreys McGee. We talk about their latest project together, Music with Five Questions and Instrument Head Live. And we even tackle some social issues. This one was so much fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's episodes like this that I truly feel as though I am. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jeff. What up, Chris? How are we all doing today? Pretty good. That's great. Infuriated, but that's cool. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Energy to yourself. I didn't know, but for real, I just went to go vote. And they told me I couldn't vote with my Black Lives Matter mask on. They wouldn't let me. Really? What? Is that a real real thing? They told me to go fuck yourselves. Is that really? Can they if I really wasn't vote, if I wasn't voting to like vote you fuckers out, right. I yeah. would have turned around and you know what I mean, or made a huge scene or whatever. But I was, I was like, this is the reason that I'm here is because of shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, they made me take it off. They they they're like, we have you can't make a political statement when you vote. I was like, nope. First of all, it's not. Second of all, that's bad. Political statement. <laughs> not what you're doing. Nope. Anyway. I really don't understand. It's still very fresh. I'm sorry. I'll get over it in a minute, but like it's just happened like 20 minutes ago. Please don't get over it. No. I'm not gonna. But for the just like with 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 my six foot eight black husband with me, she's like, you can't wear that. Unbelievable! Wow. You know, I don't understand it around here. That's the only downside I find. I'm seeing the ugly side of things right now here where we're living and. Yeah. In this particular area, everybody has an, a, some kind of fear-based uh, mentality about this whole thing to the point where they're literally like so spiteful and so defensive. And it's like, why? I mean, how right. important is it to you? Really? You know, like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. It's weird. And the irony of going to vote and not being able to Hello. make a political statement. Hello. Which is like... <laughs> Right, that in and of itself. Hey, it's not a political statement. It's a humanitarian statement. Yeah, we, exactly. We're here to vote on political issues. Let's, so. let's talk about this shit, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep it going. You know? I, I love it. Because this is, this is yeah, messed up, man. We're going to talk about, but that's real life. Apparently, we're going to talk about that. Like, wear red or blue when I vote? Yeah. How far are we taking this? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's totally messed up, good. man. That's because that's it's like, not a. Because it's you're right, man. It's it's not a political statement at all. It's, it's a human it's rights not. statement. You know, that's it would be saying like, <laughs> like if you wore if you wore a shirt that said "Vote," would that be yeah. considered a political statement? Right. Probably. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just like mind blowing. Where'd you try to vote? I well, I voted. I did in my polling places at a giant church in Old Hickory, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. where there were probably three cars in the parking lot. It's like, oh well, okay. Oh my god! And last time I voted in Green Hills, which was like a well-oiled, lovely machine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where there's a line out the door. And like yeah. people who look like they've stepped outside before. Anyway, whatever. Wow. A couple of them had tit- Titans masks on and I was like, oh, are they supporting the Titans? Is that political? What's right. what's, what's acceptable? Jesus, man. What is wrong with people? Okay. Anyway. Yeah, it's a little confusing. I'm I'm really uh I'm baffled. Uh I saw people literally giving uh, a person with a mask on a hard time because they were wearing a mask. Right. As if like, stuff. yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was, <clears throat> I early voted in Belmead because that's my nearest mm-hmm. polling station. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, everybody had to wear masks and everybody had to be socially distanced. Yeah. I mean, they were enforcing it. You know? They enforced it there too. You shouldn't make a political statement on, on your mask. Wow. <laughs> have you guys had any other difficulties with voting like i know i heard about like they might be doing online or mail-in ballots and stuff and they were showing pictures like if we can be six feet apart at a costco we can be six feet apart in a line to vote well well some people can't have that choice but mail-in ballots are, are perfectly legal here you know right and you have to you have to actually have to go through an application process to get them <clears throat> um but our dictator is uh you know railing against all that at this point um, it's just, it's horrific, man. I mean, he can't, he can't go quick enough as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, huh. you know, it's, it's horrible. I mean, that this, that this has been made into any kind of political statement, you know, of wearing masks or black lives matter masks or any of that is just an aberration to me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, whatever happened to freedom of speech, isn't that still, don't we still have that? Yeah. That's the thing. It's, you know? been infringed i mean it's definitely been uh tense lately for mm-hmm. the, but it's always the extremes that right. seem it is on both sides i agree yeah mm-hmm. you know there's always this i hate to say you know some people don't like this but the silent majority there's still a majority that might be silent maybe in my perspective i, I could be right or wrong and they try to just make some sense of it in the middle somewhere and figure out you know it's really it's hard because there's so much uh, polarization going on, and and I also think the media is is a big, huge part of that, and the anti-social media, as you said the other day, Jeff. Anti-social media—that's what I call it anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. And everybody has access to being super loud and heard. You know what I mean? It's like the mm-hmm. invention of all this technology. Now everybody, you know, who has an opinion. It's just, it's a lot of information. It's a lot of opinions. It's a lot of, right. you know, and people are passionate about it on both sides, you know, and you try to be understanding and, and find some middle ground, but it's like, 
I just feel like there's some things like when you're wrong, you're wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so weird with mainstream media that people who have an opinion can watch the news that perpetuates their opinion and their side rather than ever hearing anything that contradicts your opinion or challenges your train of thought. You just pick your side and you stay with it and you, there's never any discourse. It's, it's almost, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 No question. No question. Anti-social media. I like Anti-social that. Anti-social media. Yep. I'm, st- I'm staying with it. <laughs> I like it. That's a good, that's good. Yeah. That, that's a coin term from Jeff right back. So other than that, how's everybody doing? Good. <laughs> Great. Um, all right. Well, so Jeff, Jeff Coffin, Jennifer Hartswick, Chris Myers, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Chris, welcome back. Thank you. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to have you guys on the show finally. Um, maybe we can just take a minute, go around the table or around the Zoom here and introduce each other. Um, Jen, ladies first, Jen Hartswick. Um, I'll give you a quick little intro for myself because I first became aware of you in 2009 in Vermont, where you're from, as I just learned, um, at the higher ground with Chris and Humphreys McGee. And you guys encored with Barracuda by heart. And I mean, I, I've been in love ever since with you, your voice, your contributions, just everything. You've been a, just a staple. I've seen you with them countless other times as well, sitting in for um, bowls and things like that. So that's my little blurb about you. Um, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, Jennifer Hartswick, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, uh, one time in 2009, I played with Umphreys McGee and the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> <laughs>
Jen Harsick, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, I grew up in Vermont, to a big old musical family. Um, my work has uh, led to a super interesting, wonderful life of uh, not really mattering where I live because I live out of a suitcase. Um, but I stayed for a while in Chicago and moved back to Vermont and wound up somehow in Tennessee. Um, and now I live in Nashville where um, I play music in my studio where there's no one else because of the situation. <laughs> That's my life in a nutshell. Nice. And you are a member of the Trey Anastasio band? True story. Founding father, founding mother. Um, I've been in that band, God, I met him 22 years ago um, before the band was even in, before the band was a band. Um, And then, so I've been in that band 19 years. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Well, thanks again for being here. Uh, Next, we got Jeff Coffin, Dave Matthews Band. Bailiff Fleck and the Fleck Tones. Give us an intro, Jeff. Uh, give you an intro.
Well, I know Jennifer Harswick and Chris Myers, and I love them both very dearly, and I get to make music with them, <laughs> which makes me very happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I live in Nashville. I've been here for almost 30 years. Um, came here from Texas where I was going to school, originally from New England, and uh, started playing with the Flectones in 97, Dave Matthews in 2008. Did both the bands for a couple of years there. Um, and, you know, I, I basically live on the road also. I do a lot of education work. I'm, I'm deeply involved with music education, um, jazz education in particular, improvisation. Um, and so I teach at Vanderbilt University. Uh, I've written a few books also. I'm in the middle of a couple right now that, that I'm pretty excited about. And uh, we're in my studio right now, um, Into the Air Studios, uh, where I basically spend most of my time when I'm not out on the road, which for the next year, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in this very chair. Unless I get a better chair. I'm thinking about getting a different chair. We should talk about chairs <laughs> and, and kind of the best chair I'll to get. I'll get new glasses. You get a I'll new get chair. a new chair. Chris, you can get a new tank top. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, we can... <laughs> <laughs> you got it, brother. We're going to be styling. <laughs> Hulkamania. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of tank tops chris myers welcome back to the show is that steroid uh, juice you're drinking is that what that is? yes it's called <laughs> i know explode nice <laughs> i love all that stuff i actually used to take that before shows and i had to stop because it kept me up all night hmm. <laughs> does it make you itchy <laughs> no <laughs> i used to take that for workouts and it would make my skin just tingle Yes, me too. Anything you take that makes your skin tingle, I don't think you should be taking it anymore. <laughs> that's exactly the point. That is exactly makes the largest organ on my body tingle. Hmm. <laughs> it's got to be good for me. You just, you know, you inject sanitizer. Same thing. Same thing. Bleach, what have you, yeah. It's awesome. All right. Hi, I'm Chris I, uh I'm from Chicago, Illinois, born in Elmhurst. And uh, raised in Inverness, Illinois, Palatine, basically, um, which is the northwest suburbs. My life was a John Hughes film growing up in, in the 80s. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I started drums when I was eight years old. And then I took lessons when I was 11, played in a bunch of high school bands, started from the hair band and metal world to playing grunge and punk and ska music. And then, then I went and uh, studied jazz when I got a scholarship at Elmhurst College, back where I was born. Uh, did that and then DePaul University for grad school, um, of which I went to school in a band with a guy that is a friend of Jen's actually, and uh, his, his wife, Brian Murray and Catherine Wheeler. Um, and uh, from there, after grad school, uh, a friend of mine told me about uh, Humphreys McGee. Uh, they, they were looking for a drummer. And I was like, hmm, interesting name. Sounds uh, interesting. So I went and looked it up and I loved it. I was like, I got to try out. I got to maybe I have a shot. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Now I've been playing with them since 2003. And I'm occasionally with my, my, my great friends here, Jeff and Jen. And very grateful. Uh, we're all in Nashville together. Mm-hmm. And like Jeff said, he's, he's helped me find a, a way and a path here musically because 
it's diversifying and he's like the ambassador of the jazz realm here in my <laughs> him, and the, him and the Wootens. And uh, so I, I just kind of follow his, his lead and suggestions and uh, what kind of chair to get for your studio. Yeah. That's a big decision. And, uh, and Jen, of course, you know, I love her dearly. We so much respect. And she was always, always kind enough to have me a part of her projects in the back way back when in Chicago, when she was living there briefly. And, um, uh, I was very grateful for that. And, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that we've come full circle here. I 
if I could turn it all around, what would you say? What really would you think then? As soon as I could blink again, I know I wouldn't change a thing. So you could be right or wrong, and I won't assume, but I'll know it by the you've shared the stage with the Dave Matthews Band and Umphreys McGee and Jeff you've played with Umphreys before as well mm-hmm. have you all three played together at the same time before yeah yeah mm-hmm. I think so we have and uh, <laughs> it's the most recent thing we've done is this thing called music with five questions and uh, that's uh, something that a photographer here in Nashville Michael Weintraub it's kind of his his brainchild and uh, so there's it's it's being debuted on August the 6th. And so we had uh, our great friend Robin Ford and uh, wonderful bassist Jay White join us. So that band is the core three of us. So we've we've all been talking for a while about, man, we got to do some stuff now that Chris is in town and uh, let's just do some different kind of stuff. And so uh, Michael came up with this idea and I said, well, you know, let it be the core of us three because we have vocals and trumpet, saxophone and woodwinds drums and percussion and so from there we can sort of augment with different guests if we want to do an acoustic thing we can totally do it it's not tied to other rhythm section players you know and so so with chris like the sound of a band comes from the drums you know like if 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 chris wasn't an umphreys mcgee they would sound totally different even with the same players so the sound of the drums changes everything so having that as kind of a central hub, if you will, then we can we can change out bass players, guitar or keyboards if we want, um, and then having the horns, having the vocal stuff that Jen does, uh, we can kind of do whatever we want to do, and it'll it'll have a sound to it 
because of the way that Chris plays. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's a truth to that. I think everyone knows each other's roles. And you can switch roles, you know, if you're experienced enough. And then as a drummer, I try to, yeah, I try to just interpret what's going on. And I mean, it kind of comes down to that as a drummer, your time, feel, dynamics, and your interpretation of that feel. And that kind of makes the... Mm. Inertial. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was important. I didn't know it was all those things. Wow. It really, there really is a lot of pressure on you. Too, too much. It's, you know, that's why I need like to, you know, have life coaches, you know, and things like that. Daily massages, that kind of thing. Daily affirmations. Make sure your skin tingles. That's right. Make, <laughs> this makes my skin tingle. <laughs> Those days are over. <laughs> No, but he's, you, you know, Chris is absolutely right, though, man. There's, there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of, um, well, the drums inform the sound of the group. You know, I remember reading years ago, there was a Miles Davis interview, and uh, he said, you know, he said, if you want to change the sound of a band, you change the drums. And if you look at Miles' different periods all along, that's, that was the radical change in the ensemble, you know? I mean, it wasn't that, that he was going from electric or acoustic to electric bass. I mean, whatever, it's still a bass. It's still providing a, a similar role. But when you change the rhythmic aspect of things, you know, going from Tony Williams to Jack DeJohnette, uh, from Jack DeJohnette to Al Foster, and, and it changes everything about the ensemble. And so that's why I'm so excited with, with Chris in the fold here um, to have that, that solidity. I mean, he's, he's an amazing, amazing drummer. And, uh, um, and what he brings to the table is a wide palette of musical understanding also. Um, I mean, obviously his groove is, is as good as anybody on the planet, in my opinion. And, uh, but, but he brings his personality to the drums, um, and, and he's a character, you know, so he, he brings that to, to the throne, and, uh, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I definitely have personality, or I have definitely character, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm a character. Yeah. It's so nice for me to be able to play with you, too, outside of Umphreys, because we played, you know, a fair amount yeah. in that band together. We've always talked about doing some jazz trio gig or something like that. For 15 years, we've talked about doing that and never really done it. Um, so it's really yeah. nice to be with you in a setting that's completely different, too. That was, like, one of my favorite things about starting this project was yeah. being able to do that with you. Likewise, uh, absolutely. Um, thank you, guys. I always I mean, have to scream heart songs, and you, you yeah. don't always <laughs> have six bass drum pedals. Yeah, you're, you're damn right. I mean, it's I, I won't say that you know I'm not going to hold back. I still love it when you do that. But uh, no, I hear you. Um, I'm just trying to keep up. You know, I'm just trying to keep my mind sharp so I can make everyone happy. Um, the drummer always tended to always be, be perceived as the guy who's the non melodic player the non you know composer etc cetera, etc cetera. doesn't get the royalties whatever <laughs> over, the, over the decades but i find that um i think that you you know what it comes down to is you just have to make the best of what your role what you do and what you have on your instrument and you have the ability to learn to 
share a language with everyone and interpret it with, with, you know, a condensed setup, hmm. I guess that's, I guess I try to go for something that and feel comfortable in my own skin, which is still a work in progress, but, but that goes, that goes along with life and music. As yeah. Well. yeah. You should try some moisturizer. That'll help. Yeah. Okay. Moisturizer. <laughs> Yeah, your elbows ever get dry? Because my elbows sometimes get dry. I don't, I don't elbows? <laughs> never. It's only never. never. I have cold feet. Never. <laughs> no, you know, I, I think one of the cool things about about this music with five questions is is that it kind of opens us all up to some some different potentialities, you know, and everybody can kind of bring in stuff, and so it's different than than sort of our our day job, if you will with the ensembles that we play with. And so I think, I think being able to bring in those influences and also to be able to bring in guests who further influence what we do. And it allows us to, um, to, to reach out and even introduce each other into different circles of music. And uh, so that's one of the things that's so intriguing to me about, about this possibility, um, about this experiment that, that we're trying right now. And, uh, is just the, the the potential of of what it could be, and uh, that again it takes us out of our sort of comfort zone in some ways. Yeah, you got your core three, and it seems like the possibilities are en endless now, right? Like yeah. you guys can bring in whoever you want. Are you going to tackle every genre as well? I don't. I don't. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm personally not thinking genre based. You know, I'm just I'm just thinking like who would be an interesting fit musically uh, that can sort of bring a particular kind of dynamic dynamicism. Is that a word? Dynamicism? Did I just invent a word? Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be in like the Canadian English dictionary. <laughs> right. That's what we use. It yeah. might be the same word in Canadian, right? <laughs> Translated. <laughs> so somebody that can bring a particular sort of dynamic to the to the ensemble also and uh and so that we get to to talk about it and, and kind of handpick who we want to bring in is really intriguing you know when you say music with five questions what are the five questions what is that in reference to well it was uh, jeff's idea uh, i thought originally where we we all brought questions to each other to ask and sort of be, you know, have a different, uh, you know, dynamic to the, to the experience of seeing a show or seeing us play and then, and just talk a little bit, uh, and, and, you know, ask each other questions and we just shuffle them up in a hat and then we all pick one and to ask each other and then put them on the spot and then, you know, laugh at them or listen to them or whatever. Sometimes both. It's great. <laughs> it was great. <clears throat> But it's cool to have the questions from, you know, your peers, your musicians, your friends or whatever, because we, some of us have known each other a really long time, but would not know the answer that you're giving about that question. So right. um, I think a lot of us do a lot of interviews with people who are asking us questions who are not musicians. And so um, mm -hmm. to sort of be able to get questions, it's just, you know, maybe different kinds of questions that musicians would ask other musicians. Mm -hmm. um, nice it's nice to put your friends on the spot and it's um, nice to learn a little bit more about them too. Yeah, for sure. Yes. What's the type of question that like, yeah, a musician to musician question. What's a, what's a type of question like that? Well, 
anything that's not like, bro, it's a like to play with Trey. Which is a question I get it's, it's at like, least what, 14 times a yeah. day. You know? It's like, what kind <laughs> of album do you use? What kind of read do you play? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just think they, it can be kind of across the board. It can be goofy stuff also, you know? There's no... There's no real direction. So, so the idea is it's almost like a reverse talk show, whereas like on most talk shows, there's a lot of talking and there's a little bit of music as you go to commercial and then you come back. And, uh, and so this is kind of the reverse of that, where is it's mostly music, but there's a couple of little breaks where we'll have a couple of questions. Like we'll, we'll do a couple of tunes, read a couple of questions, answer a couple of questions, do a couple more tunes, a couple more questions. And then a couple more tunes, and then one last question, maybe before the last tune, kind of thing. So it, they're interspersed in a way that is is just sort of a, a a respite from from the music, and uh, and and so again, they can be anything. And and we also had asked that the um, the photographer and some of the camera crew that they submit questions also. So it's all creative types. And if you get your own question, you can't answer it. Of course, you get to throw it back in. So. Uh, um, it can be any number of different things, you know, like creative influences in your life. It can be, um, you know, like your favorite flavor of Ben and Jerry's. I mean, it can, it can really be anything you want it to be. And, uh, uh, you know, how has the, uh, the quarantine affected you? Um, you know, what's your, what's your, you know, favorite place to, to make music or what's your, you know, favorite instrument to play? Do you have like a, particular instrument at home that you never bring on the road I mean, again it can be anything anything at all um but it's usually you know it's usually pretty insightful and uh and, and it kind of shows the personality of the person that asked the question also yeah um who how many uh guests have you had lined up for this so far like do you have everything planned out for the next couple months no this was this is the first uh time we've ever done this and, uh, and, and basically, we're kind of waiting to see uh, how this thing goes and uh, to kind of see, you know, when the next time will be, when, when we'll be able to do it again. And, uh, and then we'll start making plans from there. Um, but, uh, but we've talked about a number of different guests along the way. And, uh, um, you know, Nashville is full of incredible musicians. And, you know, as people start to travel also, hopefully that'll start opening up before too long. Uh, but as people come through town, we could take advantage of those people coming through town as well. And uh, uh, because it, it, it really doesn't matter so much when we record it, um, it can sort of air at any time. You know, so it could be that maybe we do two in a week um, and then not do another one for a month. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't so much matter uh, because it's not live. And that's not the idea of it is, is not to necessarily be live. But <clears throat> once things open up, being able to do something like this, um, you know, in a live setting could be super cool also. Yeah, you mentioned like waiting for musicians to come through. But mm -hmm. essentially, you guys could go on tour and meet musicians in their hometown and do the same thing. Like the head, do, a, do an instrument head tour. That's, that's brilliant. A very good idea. I like it. Yeah. Maybe Michael could let us like set up in the back of his van. <laughs> yeah, was, all of his instrument head, you know, camp. That's right. That's right. You like 
be like a spinal tap moment where you no, you gotta put it over here, two feet, and then it falls <laughs> over, and then it's like a big mess, you know, like Stonehenge. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, is the band name Instrument Head? That's what technically no. the band name. No. 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 That's that's the photography thing that Michael's been doing, and uh, so Instrument Head Live is sort of the umbrella of what he's presenting, and. Uh, uh, we don't really have a name for the band. It's just music with five questions at this point with the three of our names, you know, and uh, um, I think we just call it Hartswick Coffin and Myers at this point and uh, with special guests. Yeah. BLM trio. <laughs> the BLM voters. Do you think they'll let you in venues? <laughs> as long as it's not a political venue, yeah. As long as we're not in Old Hickory, Tennessee, or whatever you said. Right. Um, yeah, I could probably think of. I have a whole list of cool band uh, album names and band names. Maybe I can contribute to that. Uh -huh. If anything. Well, let's hear a couple. Well, let's see. Um, uh, they're pretty interesting. Um, let me see here. Do you have them like tattooed on your hand? What are you looking at? On uh, my phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on, a, on a note. On a note. Uh, Ridicchio, <laughs> um, Monstruo, uh, Miska, Bafo, Juicy Smoulet, <laughs> Juicy Smoulet, Fogbo, uh, Crowned Monster, um, Sanitize This, you know, and then, uh, Party's Over, uh, Too Soon, that's, could be a band. That was an album name. Uh, Indigo Children. Uh, Anarchist's Cookbook. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Amosexuals. <laughs> Amosexuals. And, uh, Amosexuals? Yeah. Hubris and Consequence. And uh, Thugs Bunny. Thugs <laughs> Bunny. That's and it's strong. <laughs> Thugs Bunny with special guests. Yeah. <laughs> so did any of those stand out, guys? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get back on that one. We'll have, a, we'll have a Zoom meeting of our own to figure out. But uh, just know that I'm all in, guys, if you want to go on the road. Okay, cool. Great. Good. Next year. I got to get my shit together. I got to make some, write some names down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I had to do that, but now I know. Yeah, I didn't know either. Okay, I'm on it too. Yep. Thanks, thanks for making us look bad, Chris. Oh. <laughs> we'll, cut, we'll cut all this. <laughs> uh, I got a couple of questions I'll throw in at you. Um, okay. We'll start with Jen. Uh, what's it like to play with Trey? Next <laughs> 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 question. Next question. Okay. Um, I actually did have this one sent in. Uh, sharing the stage with so many legends like the Rolling Stones and Tom Petty and these two as well. What is it like bouncing from stage to stage like that? And just like, like you said, living out of a suitcase and just experiencing the world with so many acts, not being just confined to one band, but to be a part of history. What is, what is that like? Um, you know, I feel like as 
a musician who takes her craft seriously. Um, it's the only thing that I've ever wanted to do. It's the only thing that I've ever, you know, really put my mind to. Um, you know, in order to be a successful musician, you have to be a chameleon. You have to be able to step into any situation and feel comfortable, um, which means that it can mean genre-wise, it can mean size of an arena-wise, or, you know, it's it's is it a different feeling playing for 40,000 people in a stadium versus, you know, 75 people in like a jazz listening room. Um, and so I feel like, you know, you just have to be ready for any situation. Um, and that just comes with, with practice and experience um, and dedication, you know? Um, there's definitely a different feeling of like being in a band for so long and knowing your role. And I feel like with Trey's band, there's, there's been a few um, personnel changes over the years. There's been like different versions of the band that started out as a trio, then they added horns. And that was a band for quite, quite, quite a few years. And then there was an entirely different switch in the band. And then he got sober and we didn't play for five or six years. And then the band came back and then in a version that was very similar to the original band. Um, and I feel like now it's been 19 years later and just maybe two years ago, maybe three years ago, like that, it finally felt like we all knew our roles. Mm. Um, and there's like this sort of beautiful progression that happens when you've been around the same people for so long and you get to grow together and have all these experiences together. And so that's a feeling of like, when we get to create together, everybody's got each other's backs. Um, and the, the idea behind the band is sort of that no one, everybody has their moment. Um, but everybody plays a supporting role, including Trey, you know, like, he's like, all I want to do is play rhythm guitar all night. I know I have those because people will riot, but like, <laughs> like, if I could just sit back and like hang out with everybody and play rhythm guitar all night, I'd be really happy. Um, so there's, you know, there's different, um, there's different relationships and experiences as you go along. So that's like deep, deep, deep family. And then there's times where you may step on the stage with somebody, um, and only play that one night. And that's your role that night. And so I think you just kind of have to be prepared and, and say yes and throw yourself into things. Um, and, and um, you know, hope for the best sometimes. <laughs> well, very well said, yeah. I think you bring up a really good point, Jen, of, of understanding your role uh, in an ensemble. And I think that there's a lot of young players that are out there, a lot of musicians just kind of starting out that um, maybe don't understand what their role is in the ensemble. And I, and I think that sometimes uh, that's one of the things that, that can really hinder a group also is not understanding that it's up to you to play a role. And, and in playing a role, it's, it's a supporting role um, unless you're the leader. And then everybody in your band is supposed to be playing a supporting role to you. And, uh, and, it, and it doesn't mean that they're not important, but, but when you have a Trey Anastasio or uh, a Dave Matthews or, or Brendan or uh, Brandon rather, um, that, that is kind of the, the, one of the focal points of the ensemble and, 
that's that's where the focus has to be and that's where the focus is going to be for the majority of the time and so for example like if if let's say you guys are the audience okay let's say that this camera is, is the audience when i'm on stage with matthews you will always see me turned this way i am almost never facing directly forward the reason for that is that the vocalist is over here it's dave matthews band right so, so I'm looking at him the entire time because he may cue something, and if I'm not paying attention, I'm going to miss it. And I do not want to be the guy to derail that train, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so it's not just listening. There's a lot of visual aspects of it going on also. And so understanding your role is really important. My role in that ensemble is part of a two-piece horn section. My role in the Flectones was one of four people, so kind of one of four corners. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's different... If I'm in the studio, it's different. In this ensemble, it's different. Um, there's no lead. We are the leaders. There's no, it's not my band. It's not Jen's band. It's not, certainly not Chris's band. God. <laughs> <laughs> so we make decisions together, you know, and, uh, um, and, and that's the idea. So our role in this ensemble is, is of equal decision makers. And, uh, and I think it's pretty easy among three people who get along and love each other and respect each other really well. So, you're here. Yeah. What he said. Yeah, oh. yeah that's a that's a cool cool way to bring music together. Like you guys have very successful careers separately, but to like you guys said earlier, being friends and knowing each other for so long and finally coming together must, must be very exciting and very comfortable, which I think will allow creativity to flow when you're that comfortable with with two other people yeah absolutely absolutely and you know and i think that there's there's a lot of opportunity also for for something like this and uh um you know because even from an intimate standpoint you know because i think there's gonna be a lot of more intimate gigs you know uh before it kind of just opens wide open again um so with an ensemble like this you know, we have a lot of repertoire. Jen has a ton of tunes. I've got a ton of tunes. I know that Chris has been doing some writing also. And, uh, and so we can, we can sort of infiltrate at any level, you know, um, not only sonically, um, but, but stylistically as well. And, you know, I think come up with something really interesting and unique. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Drew Dugan actually had a question for you, Jeff. Um, he was wondering what it was like when Bella Fleck and the Flecktones and the Dave Matthews Band all jammed together with that many musicians and instruments all working at once together and just, I mean, jamming, improving, and killing it all at once. And yeah. He was wondering about that experience and then what it was like eventually uh, playing with Leroy Moore, Leroy Moore and mm -hmm. eventually replacing him as well in the band. Sure. Um when I first joined the Flectones in 97, um, I can't remember if it was that year or, or 98, but it might have been 97. We started doing some opening dates for Matthews. And, uh, and so they would most times, you know, invite us to come out and play a tune uh, with them, um, which is kind of where I got to know them. And, and, you know, we would just have a lot of fun making music together. Uh, Vic and Future Man had known Carter and had kind of kind of grown up in the Virginia Beach area together. So, you know, they had known each other since high school. And uh, um, so, you know, there were always a lot of stories and, and 
you know, so everybody kind of kind of had known each other and, and knew each other. They were always very welcoming. Uh, Leroy was always very welcoming also. Uh, we would just hang and talk shop and try different mouthpieces and horns. And, you know, saxophone players, we can clear a room very quickly with, with talk and shop. And, uh, <laughs> and so we would, man. People would be... Yeah. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and so we, man, we, you know, we would just get together and, and talk and laugh. And, uh, um, you know, he was a beautiful musician and, and a beautiful guy. And uh, so in, in 2008, when he had his ATV wreck, um, I, I got called to uh, um, just come and sub for a few months until he recovered, which he was supposed to fully recover. Um, but uh, but he was pretty he was pretty broken up physically from the accident, and uh, so about a month and a half into his recovery, uh, he ended up passing from complications, and uh, which is uh, how I ended up getting the gig. And you know I, I never look at it as a replacement, quote unquote, um, and, and I'm always clear. I try to be clear about that because there there is no replacing somebody else and I, I know it's maybe semantics but but to me um i can't come in and, and be Leroy, you know and 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 obviously he wouldn't want me to be he had his own unique style of playing um and you know i was coming into a horn section uh with with a a, a different musical background a different life a different sound and uh and so i had to work my way into their stream and uh, uh, so, again, talking about my role within the ensemble. But, uh, you know, we all miss him. And, I mean, the band, of course, misses him dearly. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I appreciate him as a musician, as a composer, as an arranger. Um, you know, certainly as a, as a multi woodwinds uh, player as well. And, uh, you know, I appreciated him as a friend too, man, someone that uh, – you know, had broken through as a saxophonist into like a, a very high profile, uh, very high visibility gig. And there's, there's not many, there's not many, man, you know? So I, I feel like I've been very, very lucky to have had probably the two best gigs of my generation, quite honestly, you know, and the longevity that I've spent with these guys, uh, not only with the Flectones, who I played for 14 years with, uh, and Matthews for 12, two of those years overlapping with both bands. And so this is the twelfth year uh, with Matthews, and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm incredibly grateful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That was a great answer. Um, is there anything planned with Dave Matthews? Like, I know you guys are, you played a huge crowd, so right now that's not even within eyesight. We got this Holiday Inn residency we're going to start doing. <laughs> um. Tour, a tour of all the Holiday Inns. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be uh it's 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 gonna be like a wine tasting like five to seven every night and uh boxed wine boxed, boxed wine. wine well duh yeah of course Probably the best yeah <laughs> no so so nothing on the books until next year everything has just been basically moved from this year to 2021 and uh uh so we'll we'll see if it happens man i mean it's it's a crapshoot at this point you know nobody knows anything about anything and uh, it's even hard to get information from anybody about anything. And, uh, um, you know, so so we'll see. You know, I think we're all hopeful. Uh, we all stay in touch. And, uh, 
um, you know, send goofy little texts to each other and, you know, when it's somebody's birthday, like, you know, everybody will send stuff. And, you know, we usually check in every two or three weeks with each other, just say that we miss each other and hope everybody's doing well. And and uh, so it's it's good. And uh, I've, I've been doing some recording, a lot of recording, actually, on my own. And I've got Stefan on, on a project. Um, and uh, um, so he's always down to do some playing and, and you know, Carter's probably down to do some things every now and then. I've got uh, Buddy Strong on keys on something, got Rashawn on something else, and you know. So, I, I mean, I try to I try to keep those guys involved if I can with stuff that I'm working on too, if they're into it, you know. And uh, um, but I certainly miss them a lot. Yeah. Doesn't Carter fly? Doesn't he have a pilot's license? He does have a pilot's license. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Hot, guys- hot, air, hot air balloons. <laughs> Not air balloons. That'd be funny. Drones. <laughs> Do you guys think that any members from your respective bands will join the Five Questions project? Oh, I don't know. I I get I possibly them, yeah I, I told them to tune in my guys and yeah maybe some of them will check it out and and we'll see yeah yeah that could be really fun because you know it wouldn't even. I mean, there's there's a possibility of doing something like this within, within a context of of even doing like a five up thing here. You know, we could do, we can have like a special guest join us. You know, after we've already done, like leave space for somebody to come in and, and do a solo, and uh, uh, be able to kind of put it in post production kind of thing, which could be which could be actually really, really cool. You know, hadn't hadn't thought much uh, about that. But Andy from Humphreys. Pardon me. Uh, lives here in Nashville now too, so we've talked about getting him on some percussion stuff, which I think would be really cool. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we had a question for you. Little umbrella right. type question: the song "Nopener." Is this song about yourself and Umphreys McGee, or is there another band that the song is in reference to? Um, it's loosely based off of a. A story that's kind of funny and I, I'll leave the band nameless but they were a popular jam band way back when um, and they had there was a moment where the guitar player of that band came backstage while members of Humphreys in their young age were back there uh, you know still young punks and, and opening you know as the opening act and before my time and uh, I think the guitarist was trying to be cool in front of a girl and was pointing at the the names on the on the on the poster and he's like you see that opener headliner it's like that kind of a thing it's like really douchey (laughs) (laughs) so then jake and and i think wrote the song based off of that but it became an anthem and like paying homage to the opener and then we would also mix it with another concept where we made a term nopener like when people would ask okay what's the build tonight do you guys have anybody opening for the logistical reasons you know in production and then we go nopener which means no no opener so then jake took that and then made it towards the other story and then made it an opener which is like kind of like a ween-esque kind of approach to a song it was very tongue-in-cheek like kind of a black metal song with with our pitch the pitch of the voice lower so it sounds like a like Cookie Monster or something, and uh, it's great. Cookie Monster. It's one of, it's one of our finest reference. <laughs> is that what happened to Cookie Monster's voice? Is it actually pitched lower? No, I think it's somebody actually. <laughs> but we, just, 
end up sounding like Cookie Monsters himself. <laughs> I've seen I've seen Brendan look like Cookie Monster before. Oh yeah, with yeah. his shirt with the patch and everything. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. What What is the subliminal message in that song? Oh, it's just subliminal message in, in, in reverse. We just learn how to say it, <laughs> which I cannot say it for you right now because it's been way too long and I forgot how to, how to say it. But the, Joel says it. So he knows how to perform that live. Yeah. I think when we were younger, we, just, we were a lot more relentless with our jokes and sometimes they were far too inside or a little racy, kind of like Dave Chappelle sort of humor, you know? And we even got burned for it a couple times and some incidents I'll, uh, I'll leave behind us. Um, but we thought they were hilarious, of course. And uh, sometimes our songwriting went towards that, that nature where we wanted to be like Ween. You know, Ween is like that. I bring them up again because they're almost punk rock. You know, they're not even really jam band like, like material, so to speak. But, but the cultures love them over the decades because, you know, of their their goofiness and their openness to the open audience, but yet they're still like holding down their, that sass, you know, with the funny humor, humorous, like the Zappa-esque kind of approach to music, which we've always had that part of our sound. So that was a long answer to the question, sorry. Gotta get it all out. Yeah. Uh, I got one more for Jeff. Uh, Lee Dewar says, I know Jeff likes to mix in little interpolations for other songs into jams. And what's your favorite interpolation that he plays outside of the obvious ones that crowds might not always catch on to. Mm. Well, he's not wrong about that. And Rashawn and I come up with, with certain horns, horn lines that, um, you know, it could be from conversations that we've been having in the back, you know, like, or inside jokes, like Chris was just talking about. So, so one night, well, there's, there's one that that's, that's kind of fun. We do, um, um, we we do an interpolation of of down by the riverside, but we also quote um, um, uh, Oliver Nelson's "Hoedown," which is a which is a jazz recording. Um, so that's that's kind of a fun one. I can't remember what, what tune we do it in, but uh, um, there's that. But but I remember one night we did um, we did the Hogan's Heroes theme. <laughs> I was I was pretty proud of actually. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I remember I remember for some reason we were talking about it out back. And uh, um, the, the most stunning part of the conversation I remember out back is that somebody was like, I think Rashawn pulled it up on his phone or something, and Carter starts singing the trombone part in the tune. And I'm just like, well, I didn't even know there was a trombone in this, you know? And, and Carter's like singing like the trombone part and the harmony and all this. And I mean, Carter is a deep musician, man. Huh. Like, it's crazy the stuff he knows. And I don't know if he's got a photographic memory or what it is, but it is crazy, man. And uh, but I remember him singing the trombone part, and, uh, um, and I didn't even know that there was one in there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we we, we quoted Hogan's Heroes for a couple of nights. Yeah. Awesome. That's fun. All right, so instrument head and music with five questions. Where can we find all the all the information for these projects? Uh, instrumentheadlive.com. Yeah, and we also have uh, our own individual websites. Mine is jeffcoffin.com. Jenniferhartsford.com. And uh, chrismyersdrums.com.
Awesome. Thank you guys so much for doing this. This was so much fun. I, I can't thank you guys enough. This was awesome. It's a pleasure. Oh, yeah. thank Thanks, y'all. Yeah. It was awesome. Thank you. Hopefully you guys get to take this on the road and uh, maybe I'll sit in with you on one of the shows. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 20 bucks. Hey. 20 bucks. Each. <laughs> U.S., not that Canadian shit you guys use up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to rethink it, but I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> you guys, are you guys using the euro yet? What's going on up there? It's colorful, but it's not, not even as valuable as that. <laughs> I mean, you guys have some beautiful money, actually. Thank you very much. Really? Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I take a lot of pride in the color of our money. <laughs> That's a great quote right there. <laughs> it's worthless, but it's beautiful. <laughs> Like so many things. <laughs> right. Man, I, I had this student this morning who's he, my youngest student, kind of one of the youngest students I've ever worked with. He's 13. He's, he's just going into his freshman year of high school. Really good kid. And, and so so we were talking about something and, and uh, something to do with improvisation because he's, he's kind of learning the vernacular now. And, and uh, he, he said, um, I, I was telling him to do something and he said, he says, okay, he says, well, he says, I'm going to, you trust, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you on this. He says, because, you know, he says, I assume you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, man. Cheers. Thank you. And, hey, I'll see, Jen, I'll see you and Chris. What, what, what time do we have to be over there, 530? Sure. What are you doing? I said, yeah, I'll lose five thirty. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So six forty-five. <laughs> well, we're doing it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's just, let's let's. let's, let's oh, great. Okay. I just tell myself okay. five o'clock, and then it works out to be whatever. You okay, say. so you don't listen. You don't Hello. Listen. Hello. Oh, sorry, it's the wrong way. Hello. <laughs> All my right. My Bluetooth mouthpiece. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right, everybody. See you soon. Yes. Thank right. you. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Later.